0: Author Media presents Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm excited to announce that the book launch blueprint is back. Yes, I know many of you have asked about it. Some of you have even threatened me if we didn't bring it back, and we have. This is a special course we only do once a year and registration is now open. And to celebrate, we're going to have a brand new kind of episode. In this episode, I'm going to coach an indie author about how to launch her book about podcasting. This coaching call style show is a new format I'm thinking about using from time to time. So let me know if you love it or if you hate it. If you hate it, I may not ever do this again. And if you love it, I may do these from time to time. I won't switch to coaching calls exclusively, but it may help apply kind of the general principles I teach on this podcast to specific situations, and that's my hope. Uh this episode's also different in that it is a crosscast with the Prophet Podcast, a longer version of this episode first aired on The Profit Podcast. And if you're curious about the original, uh, the main difference is that we talked a lot about me at the beginning, where I came from, how I got to where I am now, uh, all that backstory, which I have cut. So now we're going straight into the advice on how to launch a book. And I'll have a link to that original version in the show notes if any of you are curious.
1: All right, Profit Podcast listeners, I'm so excited to bring to you today Thomas Umstead Jr. of the Novel Marketing Podcast, and he is just the guru of so many things, so thank you so much for being here with us today, Thomas.
0: I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, this is so much fun. So Thomas and I, we crossed paths at the Spark Christian Podcast Conference recently, and we chatted about so many things, but... I know so much about Thomas, and this is probably the first time that y'all are hearing about him. So, Thomas, can you kind of give everybody a little bit of background on what it is that you do with your novel marketing, but also your podcast background?
0: Yeah, so I started my first podcast back in 2007, and novel marketing we started back in 2013, and it's a podcast to help authors become published authors and ultimately to sell more books. So when we first started it, we were targeted mostly for traditionally published novelists. And now it's for both indie authors, which I think is the majority of our listeners now. And also the nonfiction folks snuck in and we started doing episodes for them as well. Uh, So now it's about innovative ways of selling more books.
1: This is so much fun. So I, I love this because, and Thomas knows this, so I was like, uh, we need to talk about this on the podcast because as y'all know, I am in the process of publishing my book. This is gonna be my second booklet that I've self-published, but I wanna real fast before we really dive into all the nitty gritty that comes with publishing and launching and doing all the things, how many podcast episodes have you done? Do you, do you know the number?
0: Uh, I used to, uh, not counting my radio show, I think it's over 400 episodes across my various podcasts.
1: 400, that is so crazy, that's awesome. And I can't believe that you've been like, you're the OG of podcasting and I love it. Like you've been around doing this for so long. So let's talk about that real fast. Like, What have you seen change so much In the landscape, probably over the last like five years, what would you say?
0: So I gave my first podcasting talk at a uh, writer's conference in I think 2010 or 2011. And I had it on my list of topics for all of the years since then. And for the next seven or eight years, I couldn't get a single conference to pick that as a topic. They would invite me to speak, and they would pick my other topics. And so the biggest thing that's changed just in the last year or two is that podcasting finally has – Enough notoriety, where writing conference directors are seeing the need to talk about it, and I'll say, I always had full rooms. Right? The people <laughs> coming to the conferences were always interested uh, to learn about podcasting, but just recently have the conference directors uh, kind of gotten aware of it and embraced it. And I even gave a talk at a uh, industry event with the uh, CEOs of top publishing uh companies. You know, it, was, it was for the vice presidents and presidents of publishing companies, not for authors or editors. And I talked about podcasting and they were like, oh, we got to get into podcasting. So the industry is finally embracing podcasting. Uh, and it, you know, it only took 15 years for them to get there.
1: Yes. That's so good. That's so it's so interesting. But um I, I wanna switch gears for a second because we talked about going over my podcast book. And this was so nice of Thomas. He was like, I really want this to be almost like, you know, a mini coaching call because this is your specialty. And this is honestly where I need a little bit of help because I have a plan. Like I am just, I'm a planner by nature. That's not part of my Enneagram three, but I mean, it is It is a little bit. I'm a, I'm a high achiever, but I'm like, I gotta have a plan. Most of the time it doesn't work, but at least I'm starting with something. So um, if someone is listening and they're like, oh yeah, like I want to have a plan. I want to do this. Like, where do you suggest that they start?
0: Well, we have a bunch of podcast episodes that are free on exactly how to do this. And we have a course uh, coming out in May that's going to be a real-time course. So everyone's doing day awesome. one together. Everyone's doing day two together. But if you want, we can put together your plan right now. We can put together the, the outlines of it. If, if you're willing to share some numbers with yes. your listeners. Yes. So the first step is to determine your assets. And by s- specifically, I mean your marketing assets. So the first asset that we know you have is this podcast, right? You have listeners of this podcast. So we'll put that down as an asset. What other assets do you have that you can use to get the word out about your book?
1: So would this be probably my email list mm-hmm. and social media and YouTube?
0: Yeah. So let's put some numbers there. How many How many people do you have on your email list currently?
1: Right around a thousand.
0: Okay. So a thousand people on your email list. And how many social media followers do you have currently?
1: Of all the platforms, I guess do you add them all together or do you no, just No, the do ad, like let's say
0: one? Uh, what's your what's your biggest platform?
1: Um, uh, I would say Instagram right now is about 1200.
0: Okay, so we'll just use that number, 1200. Cuz we can assume that most of the people following on Instagram are the same people following on the others. There there's obviously some overlap, but also not everyone's going to see your stuff. <laughs>
1: right. Uh, exactly. All right, and
0: then how many YouTube subscribers do you have?
1: Oh, that's that's not right. I'm working on that one. We're about two hundred. <laughs> that one. <laughs> okay,
0: so YouTube's just getting started. Yes. And then, uh, what is your typical after thirty days uh, downloads for a podcast episode?
1: Uh, I think I looked at this the other day, and I want to say it's around two hundred fifty, three hundred.
0: Okay, so I'm going to put three hundred here. So this is good. You've got three hundred per episode downloads which means you have more than that in total listeners Mm because not everyone's going to listen to every episode. You've got your email list of 1,000. This is your crown. This is the key. This is the, like, engine of a book launch is your email list. Your social media, uh, this is worth about one or two readers. (laughs) So social media doesn't drive numbers. And I used to be the marketing director for a publishing company. I skipped that part when I (laughs) fast-forwarded. And we did tons of experiments, and we could not demonstrate that social media sold books at all (laughs) Um, it just didn't drive uh, the kind of engagement uh, because it's such a ephemeral place and it's really hard to take people from short kind of vapid conversations to hey please read my 100 page book or my 300 page book like that is a real big shift Uh, you can use social media as an advertising platform uh, but especially the facebook owned platforms like facebook and instagram just for free there's not much you can do nowadays even twitter is really hard without spending money and so those are more like advertising on google now than they are like Uh, how they used to be in 2010. (laughs) You used to be able to get so much free engagement, but it's no longer 2010. (laughs) Um, All right, so now let's think a little bit outside of the box in terms of um, non-tangible assets. So these would be things like relationships with influencers. right, so if you have a friend who's got a really popular podcast and you know you could call her on your cell phone or send her a text or him a text and he'd be willing to have you on to talk about your book or um, like speaking events that you're doing, like what are other ways that you could get the word out about your book?
1: I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I do have uh, several podcasts that I plan on pitching, but I don't have a shoe-in in like a really big podcast that, I mean, who knows? I mean, like that's that's the, the goal is to pitch. Um, I mean, because I do have a few of my mentors, but at the same time, it's not a shoe-in for sure, yes.
0: But you already have the relationship. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll put uh, how many how many of those relationships would you say you have? We'll say potential uh, hosts.
1: I would say um, I have at least ten podcasts that I've considered, and then ones that have really big platforms. I would say two to three.
0: Okay. Uh, so when you already have the relationship, it's an asset, even if they're not a for sure. Yes, I'll have you on even if they already know who you are. If you send them an email, you know how to get past the gatekeeper that's that's valuable, right? You can pitch podcasts you've never heard of and they will potentially have you on, but you're much more likely to get onto a podcast where the relationship is already there. All right, so let's keep thinking outside of the box and what other kinds of influencers you know, uh, or have relationships with Uh, other kind like pastors, CEOs, anyone who could help get the word out to a lot of people?
1: Oh, man, I feel like I've slowly been building my network of podcasting experts and people that um, have businesses that are related to podcasting or marketing or entrepreneurship that don't necessarily have a platform as far as social media goes, but they have a like a broad network, um, so I would say anywhere from probably ten to fifteen of those people that have a pretty decent size audience.
0: Okay, and uh, speaking opportunities—where could you potentially speak about this around the launch of your book?
1: Mm, around the launch,
0: I'm going to say Pod Houston. Right, yeah. you're you're yeah. you've spoken there before, and you're you're yep. a member of Pod Houston. So local podcast group. So what other than Pod Houston? what other uh, podcast events have you spoken at that you could potentially speak at again or speak at leading up to it to get the word out?
1: Right. That's why I'm like, I'm trying to think of the timeline because um, I I have a few things in the works, but it's not like a for sure thing. Um, I would say probably by the end of 2020 from now until the end, I would say probably four to five opportunities. That would be a pretty decent size.
0: Okay. Very good. So now we have a good idea of your assets, kind of like if you were to launch right now, what to do. And this is why you want to start your book launch process way before the launch date because you've got six months, give or take, to build some of these assets. And the primary assets I want you to build is your email list and your podcast listener base. so Because those are gonna be the, the primary drivers. And the best way to grow your email list is to mix it up with the lead magnets. Uh, so you've got a lead magnet right now. You promote it at the beginning of every episode. And you have listeners who've downloaded it, and you have listeners who've listened to you pitch it a bunch of times and have not downloaded it, and they're not going to download it. <laughs> so right. you need to give them something else to download, something else that's interesting, some other reason to get on your email list other than the thing that you're offering right now. So let's, uh, so let's just brainstorm a couple of things that you could give away in a PDF or maybe an audio download that would be interesting to your listeners.
1: Well, I actually have a question about this because I've wondered if it would be valuable to give a chapter, like an audio chapter, away of the book before it's published. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, people don't get very excited about free chapters because they can always get that for free from Amazon. If they're a Kindle reader, there's the free chapter. Okay. And so that's typically not enough. Every, that's what every author wishes, that people would be so excited about their book that they would be waiting, you know, ready to <laughs> knock down the doors for a free chapter. And the reality is, is that uh, free chapters just don't have that kind of oomph. So you have to think outside of it. They're expecting that already. There's nothing special about a free chapter
1: right i like that okay so if it were going to be related to the book and i i would probably say something along the lines of the top 10 lessons i learned in the first year of my podcast but very detailed like not just oh 10 bullet points you know like something that's very detailed and lessons learned maybe even a video of me talking instead of it just being a pdf or it could be one and the same. I could be both.
0: Yeah, making video could help. Um, there's no real reason to download a video or exchange an email for a video. The real thing is to make it more appealing. So here's how we're going to make it more appealing. We're going to focus on the transformation that they're gonna get from those 10 tips. So instead of saying, here are 10 things that I learned, that's not very interesting. Instead, you wanna talk about, here are 10 specific ways that you will be able to launch your podcast better or have better sounding audio. You wanna be really specific about what the benefit is. So instead of talking about the features, like how many RPMs your lawnmower is, you wanna talk about the beautiful lawn.
1: (laughs) I love it, I love the analogy. And
0: and beyond the beautiful lawn, you wanna talk about the envious neighbors, right? The best lawn in the neighborhood so this new guide what is the benefit what is the transformation that this new lead magnet would uh, help us have
1: i'm just thinking of avoiding mistakes that i made <laughs> that's what i feel like so much of my platform is based on like you know th- this is the route that will help you get results faster than what i did
0: there you go and what kind of results Ooh, what are we talking about
1: I would say consistency, avoiding burnout, making sure that you create a plan that you can stick to and not just kind of be half, halfway in, halfway out when it comes to your podcast.
0: Okay. And let's go d- even deeper into those results. So why are those things important?
1: Because it's why I see so many podcasters being like doing what I do. I see so many of them burning out and quitting because they're overwhelmed, they're stressed out and they just they can't keep up with the consistency that goes along with podcasting.
0: Okay. So, how about this for a title of your new lead magnet? How to burnout proof your podcast or how to protect your podcast <laughs> from burnout.
1: Hang on, i got to write it down.
0: <laughs> so, so do you see how that is focused on the benefit? It's focused on the transformation. And now I know as a listener, oh, I want a burnout-proof podcast. I don't want to give up on my podcast after 10 episodes. I want to know how to podcast for the long haul. And so you can talk about you know how to burnout-proof your podcast is the title. And the subtitle is 10 Mistakes Podcasters Make That Make Podcasting More Painful, More Difficult, and More Stressful, and How to Reduce Those, or whatever. I'm coming up with this off the top of my head.
1: That's amazing. No, this is great. This is great.
0: So you can wordsmith that. (laughs) All right. So now you're going to have your new lead magnet and you're going to promote that in addition to the one you already have. So this is another mistake people have is that they've spent all of their money on one kind of bait. So when you go fishing, use different bait for different fish. And we're trying to catch email subscribers. You want to use different lead magnets or what we call in the publishing world, reader magnets, which is the exact same thing. It's just <laughs> something you're giving away to attract readers. So uh, do that to grow your email list. Try to be guests on other people's podcasts as a way of growing Your podcast and your social media will follow after that. So, the social media is the cart, it is a way of engaging with the fans you already have. It is not the horse, it does not get you new fans uh, unless you're willing to do um, very distasteful things, (laughs) which I imagine is not in keeping with your brand. So, that's step one. We've determined your assets. Uh, The next step of putting together a launch plan is to create a budget. And by budget, I don't just mean a dollar amount. I also mean an hour amount. How many hours are you willing to put in to this launch? And we'll break these out in terms of the, the month of the launch itself and then of the two or three months leading up to it. So what is your time budget and what is your money budget?
1: Okay, so explain the time budget to me in more detail because I'm like, I got... I'm very conscious of how I spend every single hour of my day. So um, tell me a little bit more about what What exactly do you mean? Do you mean as far as the marketing goes or like spending time? Like what is the time?
0: This is how much hours you have to put towards activities. So we're not deciding what those activities are yet. We're just determining how many hours we have to work with. Because you, if you only have 10 hours total, to launch this thing. You're going to do very different activities than if you're um, willing to put in 40 hours to launch this thing. You you have more time budget to work with. So you may think of it in terms of total blocks, if that's how you think of time. Other people uh, think of time in terms of like a weekly rhythm. So like I have a time budget, I can work on this one hour a week or five hours a week. Or some people think in terms of daily rhythm. So I'm not sure how you think of time but it doesn't matter. You pick one. So you have daily, <laughs> monthly, uh, weekly, or total amount of hours. We'll work with whatever kind of time budget you have. But you need to have some number of hours that you're willing to commit to this. Because I'll tell you, if that number of hours is zero, you will fail because <laughs> it yeah. does take time.
1: <laughs> so I would say leading up to the launch, at least five to seven hours a week. And then Probably the month before and the month of 10 plus hours, if not more, every single week.
0: So we can't have 10 plus. I want a specific number here uh, that we can work with. So say 12 hours?
1: Let's say 12 hours. All
0: right. So we have 12 hours a week during the launch itself, uh, during the primary launch window. All right. And then what's your financial budget? How much money are you willing to spend to launch this book?
1: Oh, I don't know, because I've been budgeting out. Um, I budgeted out my editor and then my book cover. And this is actually a really good question because I have been trying to decide how I wanted to spend my marketing dollars. Because uh, previously when I launched my other book, I did none. It was basically word of mouth. Um, So what what would be your suggestion for someone who has my kind of platform, my kind of audience right now, what would you suggest?
0: So it really depends on how much money you have. The big mistake that people make when they're putting together a launch plan is that they go shopping before they put their budget together. (laughs) And uh, this is like going car shopping before you've decided how much you can afford, how much car you can afford. And when you do that, it's really easy to not have a full plan. You start spending money. A better way of saying it, we're going grocery shopping, and you've got you know, a regular grocery store budget, and you go to Whole Foods, and you've bought half of your menu, and then now you're out of money, and you don't have the rest of the menu uh, to buy, and you're out of luck. Or it determines like, what kind of meal you can prepare. Right? You know how much you have to spend on dinner, and then you find a meal that fits into that budget instead of like, well, I'm going to buy steak. So you go out right. and buy a steak and you're like, well, that was our whole budget. So it's like, I hope you enjoy kids. You enjoy your little piece of steak. It's gonna be really tasty. There's no, there's no uh, vegetables. <laughs> there's nothing to drink. Just <laughs> water and steak ends up not being a very good meal. And so you know your budget. You know how much um, money you have to kind of spend on launching this. And it, again, it doesn't. I'm not here to say it's gotta be $1,000. It's gotta be $2,000. It's gotta be something that you can afford risking. So if right. this launch doesn't work, or if you, if the money doesn't come back you need to not be like auctioning your children to to right. cover this loss.
1: Right. I would say I feel really comfortable spending $1000 knowing that if it didn't work it like lessons learned would be okay. Um any more than that, I don't think I would feel comfortable until it was like a proven people are excited about this.
0: That's right. And one of the advantages, so now we have $1,000, which is a good launch budget. There's, we can work with that. And the Indie way of doing things is that after the launch, you continue spending money on advertising from the money you're making from the book. So one of the advantages of Indie is that you're making a lot of money per copy of your book. So when you're traditionally published you're making about a dollar a copy, sometimes 85 cents a copy. When you're independently published you're making closer to 3 to 5 dollars a copy depending on where your book is priced. Some two let's say 2 to 5 dollars. Sometimes as much as 10 if you've got a really premium priced book and so when you're earning that kind of money from selling your book there's a lot more money for what we call customer acquisition in the business world or reader acquisition in the publishing world because in publishing world we have to reterm all of the things because referring to (laughs) our readers as customers is anathema to to authors so they're not lead magnets they're reader magnets Uh, it's not customer acquisition it's reader acquisition even though it's the exact same math all right so we have uh, five to seven hours a week we have 12 hours uh, a week during the launch. So during that month, you've got 40 plus hours uh, to put into the launch. So now it's time to create the timeline. We have your assets, we have your budget, and now we're going to create your timeline. And this is something I'll just get you started on, but the idea is you're going to build out a three-month timeline of activities, of things that you're going to do uh, to prepare for the launch. So the idea is that you have everyone ready for a really big launch on day, on day one. And the reason why launches are so important, we probably should have talked about this at the beginning, is your goal is to hit some kind of bestseller list. You know, maybe an Amazon bestseller list at the bottom level or USA Today or New York Times is um, unlikely since you're independently published. They are have various biases and they, they don't yes. like indie authors. <laughs> but if you could become a category bestseller on Amazon, which is feasible, it's not like a lot of uh, new podcasting books are coming out, or even just a number one new release, that will help bring in additional readers who previously didn't know who you are, but they saw that you're the number one new release, and now they're interested. So the first thing you want to put in your timeline is your pitching to the podcasts. And that's the first thing you're going to want to do in your timeline. Well, maybe the first thing you want to do is make that new reader magnet about how to burnout-proof your podcast. Because uh, you'll want to maybe mention that uh, reader magnet on those podcast episodes as they bring you on if it if it naturally fits in with a conversation, so that's the first thing I do, and I would almost do, you know, have a six-month timeline. And there's some things you're doing kind of in those first three months that are more asset development. And then right. you're going you're gonna to transition from asset development to straight up promotion or platform development. If we're going to use, again, authors. We have our own vocabulary. So <laughs> you're going to be developing your platform in those first three months or growing what you have. And then in, uh, as we get closer to launch day, we're going to move away from platform building and move into promotion. And then come launch day, it's too late to grow your email list. You've got what you've got.
1: Oh, this is so good, though, because I feel like this is, it's so translation between podcast and books. Like, it's the same thing. It's like people just throw together their podcast, and then they hit publish, and they're like, why is nobody listening? And you're like, oh, well, you didn't tell anybody about it, so...
0: That's right. The one advantage of a podcast, you can soft launch it because you're getting better at podcasting as you go. So the longer it takes somebody to discover your podcast, the better your podcast is. Whereas the book is the (laughs) book. (laughs) There's no like, oh, this is version 1.1 of the book. I went in and redrafted it. Most authors uh, don't do that. Although you could actually with this book, since it's independently published and you're most likely going to go through KDP print, which means print on demand, you could have versions of this book. And I have seen indie nonfiction books that do this, where they update the book every month, and all the people who buy the ebook get those updates. And the print book, just you know, you look and see what version it is. And whenever you buy it, it's the most up to date version. And you update things like links to websites and resources that you mention. If you talk about some service and they go out of business, you take it out and replace it with their competitor. And it's kind of more of a, a reference in that way. You don't have to do that, and that's a big time commitment, but it is a strategy that independent authors uh, can take advantage of.
1: Well, it's funny you said that real fast because I actually have a chapter in there about, or a section about equipment, and the ATR2100 was one of the microphones I was recommending. And for those of you that don't know, it is off the market. It is there's a new, newer version, a different version.
0: <laughs> it's now the ATR twenty one hundred X. 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 Now for thirty dollars yes. more, <laughs> it's a very similar microphone. But the real microphone to recommend is the Samsung Q two U, which is cheaper and uh, just a little bit uh, better. But uh, we digress. So we have. Um, so the initial thing you're going to be wanting to do is develop those assets during those first. Um, Three months. And then after that, you're going to want to start pitching the podcast. And you want to pitch the podcast three to four months before your book comes out. And you may be like, why so early? Well, you as a podcaster know this podcasters often record episodes way before they come out. So, And it takes time. Somebody emails you. You're not like, all right, let's interview you tomorrow, right? So you send them a Calendly link and they click a time that's two weeks from now. So then it's a two-week lead for the Calendly link and then you record and then it maybe it takes two or three weeks to edit the episode and then you schedule it. You already have a bunch of episodes and now it's four weeks after that. And so maybe it's two months from start to finish. And it's okay To have episodes come out before the launch because you can build up that anticipation, especially if there's a pre-order, people can pre-order it. There's some debate as to whether pre-ordering is a good idea or a bad idea. Uh, So the advantage of pre-orders is that it allows you to build up anticipation on podcast interviews and other media that you can't necessarily control when it lands. The downside is uh, pre-order sales dilute your launch day numbers because they count, at least on Amazon currently, on the day that they're made. Whereas on uh, platforms like iBooks, you get to count it twice. So you get to count it on the day, it comes out, and then all of those numbers are added on your launch day. And so uh, pre-ordering if you're going wide and you're on iBooks is a a better strategy. But even if your book's not available to purchase yet, you can promote your reader magnet (laughs) and send people to your website and get them on your email list, which in some ways is even better than having them buy your book because now you can tell them about other books that come out in the future. That email list is your engine.
1: It's awesome. This I, I love hearing this.
0: All right, uh another thing I would start doing is start um, building out a plan to organically work in promotion of the book into your assets. So you want to find ways of naturally talking about it on your podcast, kind of like we're doing yes. right now, right? There's a really <laughs> organic way of talking about your podcasting book. And you want to do other other things like that. You don't want every episode to be a promotion for your book because that gets really irritating. And people want to feel like they're getting value from you. Um, but you, you also want to start that way ahead of time because people don't listen to podcasts the day they come out. You know Sometimes podcasts will sit on somebody's phone for a month and then they'll go on vacation and they'll binge and catch up. Uh, one of the folks in my mastermind group uh, is constantly, uh, he speaks all over the country and he has these big two, three, four-hour drives and he'll be binging novel marketing <laughs> while he's on his four-hour drive and re-listening to old episodes. And so you want to kind of plan ahead of time to lead up to it. Uh, Another thing that you might consider is creating some sort of prize or reward or bundle for people who buy the book in that first two-week window. Listeners of novel marketing will know why this is so magical. It creates urgency for people to act now. It creates uh, scarcity because the bundle goes away. Uh, And also... potentially trigger some social proof, especially if you limit it. But that urgency is the real thing because people can always put off buying your book later and you want them to buy it in that first week <laughs> or the first two weeks so you can hit those bestseller lists. And what I would do is with putting that bundle together, I would go to your list of influencers. You've got 10 to 15 podcast influencers. You've got these organizations and you know potentially others and you can put together a bundle. So you come to somebody like me and say, Thomas, do you have anything you'd be willing to give for free to people who buy the book uh, the first week that it comes out. And you go to the other folks and you try to find some kind of prize. Maybe it's a course or something else. It really has to be valuable. These can't just be the same reader magnets that you could get free on their website. So you got to be something special. And maybe you put together a special bundle. Maybe it's um, a special webinar, a Q&A webinar with you, but only for people who send you their receipt and it's you know a week after the podcast comes out. Some kind of special thing to create that urgency. Uh, And then also just asking people, hey, you've been getting my podcast for free all these years. Uh, Would you help me hit the Amazon bestseller list and become a number one new release by buying the book the day it comes out? And that's a really great, you know, the people, your core fans will be like, yes, absolutely. We'd be happy uh, to do that and to help you out. The people who are just here and kind of sort of they won't care. But your core fans will be happy to help you in that way.
1: This is so good. This is so good.
0: And so now you will be, as we're getting closer to launch, you'll be hearing back from some of those podcasts. You'll be getting booked, and you'll create an editorial calendar. So you'll put your bookings of your podcasts. You'll put the emails that are going to come out. So you're going to plan out the emails leading up to launch day. So you want to have an email that says, books coming out in two weeks, books coming out in one week, books coming out tomorrow, books coming out today. You get to break your cycle, uh, and maybe a one-month warning, too. You get to send out two emails in one day, and this is like the one time when you can break your rule of frequency, (laughs) and people won't mind, especially if you've got a really good launch bundle and you're asking them to help you hit a bestseller list, because they know that increased frequency is not going to happen normally, right? This is a special event, and they give you a pass. In fact, people are on your list, especially since you're already an author, and this is really true for existing authors, often the primary reason they're on the list is to get that email, the the get-the-book-now email. So they don't mind if they get that a few extra times. And then you can hopefully, the day after it comes out, say, we hit number one bestseller list, or we hit number one new release on Amazon. Thank you so much. And for those of you who haven't gotten it yet, here's the link. So you get to send out a bonus that you're trying to earn. So all of this is culminating in that one email. And then you want your interviews coming out after launch as well. So ideally, if you have good relationships with podcasters, those interviews are all landing in the launch week and and they're willing to, you know, oh, yeah, I can, you know, give you that date down in the future. It's no problem. And it's just an ask. And again, if you have that personal relationship with the podcaster ahead of time, it helps. But sometimes podcasters, even if they're a stranger, will be willing to help you out in that way. And part of what you're going to want to be promoting are those podcasts, right? And this is part of the deal, right? You come on somebody's podcast as a guest, you're promoting that podcast really hard. And since it's your book that they're talking about. It's a great opportunity to, to remind your email list. Hey, here are some podcasts. We talked about how to do this on this podcast. We talked about how to do this other thing, and this other podcast. And you know, the, each podcast is beneficial in its own way. And you can link an email to those to your subscribers and your um, the people you know listening to your podcast will be happy. The people getting your emails will be happy, and. Uh, you know, some of the people listening right now maybe you know, who are podcasters, who listen to your podcast, may be like, I'd love to have you on my podcast. Yes. <laughs> so email Crystal Profit, Send her a tweet. Yes, me, 100%. Uh, reach out to her.
1: 100%. <laughs> and
0: I will say uh, that's another thing as you're looking for influencers. You may be surprised inside of your email list and inside of your social following are influencers that follow you that you don't know about. And another thing you want to do is create a form on your website to request a free copy of the book. And people will fill out that form and they will then in and, and, and part of the form is them telling you why they're influential because this isn't just a free copy right. for everyone. But somebody's like, hey, you know, I'm putting on a conference and. Toledo yeah. <laughs> on podcasting. And it's going to have 50 podcasters there. And you would be like, why, yes, I'd love to give you a free book. Right. <laughs> uh, whereas somebody else is like, I have uh, Facebook and I have 250 friends. Yeah. You're like, nah, you're not going <laughs> to get a free book. So, But it's up to you who you send right. these free books to, or what we call in the publishing world, advanced reader copies. So you're going to preprint advanced reader copies and you're going to mail them out. Uh, the physical book to these people ahead of the book launch, which means your book's got to be ready before the launch. So you can't be like working on final edits at the last minute. You got to have everything in place ahead of time.
1: Right. And how many do y'all normally, like when you're advising someone, do you tell them to have for advanced reader copies? I was actually just thinking about how many I needed to plan to order.
0: Uh, So this is where we're going to look at that budget (laughs) because this is money that you're going to have to spend. Typically it's between... Um, 15 and 100 advanced reader copies. Uh, you don't want to... One thing we haven't talked about is creating a launch team of your most passionate fans. So you want to have 20 or 30 of your most I passionate fans. I have 22 fans.
1: already. Okay, yes, All right, in your launch
0: team. But But the key is they need to know that they're not getting a free book as a reward for being in the launch yeah. team. They're getting access to you and fun times in the Facebook group and they can pick your brain, but they're going to buy a book and they're going to leave reviews. Yeah, I
1: love it.
0: <laughs> they have one job, and that is to leave a verified review on Amazon. I love it. And if you're not going to leave a verified review on Amazon, you are not in the launch team. That's the deal. So all the fun, fun and games, and we talk a lot about this in the five-year plan, how to put together a launch team and how to craft it, because it's a, a big piece of this. But the, the main goal is to get lots of verified reviews on day one, because people are nervous uh, buying a book that doesn't have any reviews. And so you want people who will buy the book and leave verified
1: reviews. (laughs) Thomas, this was so awesome. Like I'm, I'm so appreciative of all your knowledge and just all the things that you shared. And I feel like we could talk for hours and hours about publishing and podcasting and everything, but I want everybody to go check you out and all the other nuggets of wisdom that you have with your courses and the podcast. So can you tell everybody where to find you, all the places and what kind of reader magnets you have for them?
0: So uh, if you go to novelmarketing.com, right now our primary uh, reader magnet that you'll find all over the website, and that'll redirect you to authormedia.com, is a... Design template or design brief to help you communicate with your cover designer. So, a lot of authors have struggled getting a good cover because they don't know how to communicate with their cover designer. And so, this is a brief that has all these different questions uh, that will ask you to help you give good information to your designer so that for the same money that you're spending, you're getting a much better. Design And I will say book cover designers love it when authors have this brief uh, because it it makes them happier too. It makes the process uh, happier and less stressful. Uh, And then I have courses that go into various aspects, like like the book launch blueprint course that we're going to be doing in May. And then, of course, the mastermind groups, which is private coaching. So if you want me to do with you uh, what I've been doing with Crystal, we do that in a, a collective setting in the mastermind groups. And you don't just get my advice, but also the advice from the other masterminds
1: oh my gosh this is so fun and it's funny because i was just thinking i have a trip coming up and i'm going to binge listen to the novel marketing podcast (laughs) and learn all the little nuggets of wisdom because you i just so appreciate um your friendship and your wisdom and all the things that you've taught me in just a short amount of time, like uh, Thomas is probably going to be like, I wish Crystal did not have my email address because I'm going to be blowing him up with all the podcasts and novel questions and everything. So thank you so much for being on the show today. And I so appreciate everything that you shared with us
0: and thanks to crystal for having me on her show for the special crosscast episode with the prophet podcast i'm a big fan of crosscasting and it's i'm a little sad it's taken us this long uh, to do it with a podcast i didn't run myself we've of course done crosscasts with some of my other podcasts but this is the first time to do it with a non thomas sumstead hosted uh, podcast Uh, Our sponsor today, like we mentioned, is the Book Launch Blueprint. Uh, You can take all of my courses at any time except for one. The Book Launch Blueprint is special in that we all go through it together. We all do day one together. We all do day two together. And you are coached. The small group of students is coached not only by me, but also by James L. Rubart. (laughs) So we will be coaching you and helping you create your own custom book launch plan for your own book. If you want to learn how to put together a book launch plan that will help you hit the top of the charts, this is the course for you. And patrons who purchase the course will also get a free copy of my course, How to Get Booked as a Podcast Guest or a discount for 100% of the purchase price if they already own that course on guesting. Speaking of patrons, our featured patron is C.L.R. Peterson, author of Lucia's Renaissance, Heresy is Fatal in Late Renaissance Italy, so only a suicidal zealot would so much as whisper the name Martin Luther. But after Luther's ideas ignite a young girl's faith, she must choose, abandon her beliefs, or risk her life in the turbulent world of 16th century Italy. So thank you, CLR Peterson, for being a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast, and thanks to all of you who help keep us on the air. I really appreciate it. I know times are difficult, and I couldn't do this if it wasn't for you. If you want to become a patron and get one of the many benefits that come with being a patron, we'll have a link on how to do it in the show notes. And if you can't afford to become a patron, I totally understand. And if you still want to help the show, you can. Just share a link to this episode with someone you think would find it helpful. Now, you've been listening to Thomas Umstead Jr. and Crystal Profit on a crosscast between the Novel Marketing Podcast and the Profit Podcast. Uh, to find out more and to find show notes for this episode, you can find them at novelmarketing.com. Thank you so much for listening.